This is alongside by Ine Coaching, helping your family, your classroom, and your business in the journey toward legacy-minded servant leadership. Hello, alongside podcast fans. This is Elton Dixon, and I am uh, continuing our series on leadership. Today, talking with Dr. Brian Gerber. Dr. Brian Gerber is the director of the STEAM Center at Valdosta State University here in sunny Valdosta, Georgia. And we're going to be continuing our discussion on leadership, teamwork, creativity, innovation. Dr. Gerber, good to see you today. <laughs> good to see you, El. Glad to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, um, as usual, we like to just jump on into our topic and and uh, just begin discussing and and see where the creativity and, and innovation of our of our thoughts uh, leads us. Um, so, um, continuing right into uh, some of the discussion we've had with a lot of leaders lately, I'm interested in in hearing about you. Um, first of all, what do you do here at the Steam Center? Well, I'm, I'm director of the STEAM Center, so I kind of oversee all the activities of the center, and we have things like um, student summer camps, lots of field trips with, with students. We work with homeschool kids, uh, teacher professional development, lots of meetings and uh, kind of um, collaborative gatherings that take place here. So just, just a wide range of, of activities that are here. And then, and then some, I think, will be some unique things that we're planning in the future as well. And we can talk about those if you want. Sure. Do you feel like uh, so far um, the the vision of this center is being fulfilled? I, you know, I walked in today and just see action everywhere. It's thriving. <laughs> yeah, it's um, every day is different. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, like today when we have, oh gosh, a, a summer camp, um, a couple different meetings, um, this going on, even some repairs happening. Uh, there's a there's a new news broadcast here from from the radio uh, from a TV station, local TV station. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, on a day like today, I would say, oh yeah, we're yeah, we're reaching right. our mission. <laughs> we're, we're we're doing it good Absolutely. today. Uh, but then there are other days and and times when it's kind of quiet, and it actually gives us time to think and plan and and. Um, again, use some creativity and innovation and things like that as we plan for the future. So, uh, yes, I would say that we are beginning to fulfill our mission. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear about some of the upcoming things as well. And um, I know that in the past you've done things such as, was it was it Math Olympiad or Science Olympiad? It was, it was called the Science Olympiad. Mm -hmm. So we hosted the first high school Science Olympiad in Georgia that occurred south of Macon. Wow. So in the past, so we had, um, gosh, I wanna say it was uh, about uh, 10 or 12 teams of 15 kids each here, and they came from far away as Savannah, mm -hmm. and they competed in about 23 different STEAM-related uh, activities. Mm -hmm. And so now these groups of kids normally would have had to go to compete uh, again, mm -hmm. some were making, many of them go to Atlanta and have to spend the night and all that sort of stuff. So, so it gets expensive. So um, we were just, we wanted to focus some things here in South Georgia mm -hmm. and emphasize the STEAM related uh, activities that are here and try to foster that in our rural 
part of right. Georgia. Yeah. So, so that and worked out great. That is great. I like that. Um, you know, we've we sit on a couple of committees together that deal a lot with the workforce development. And one of the big conversations is, um, can we attract talent in South Georgia, which is normally thought of as rural, but um, rural careers, especially dealing with agriculture and just all the things that go down south of Macon, like you said, they they lend to technology and innovation in ways that people sometimes don't think about. So I like that um, some of the big programs are, are hosted here or people think of the STEAM Center as sort of a hub for that conversation to to kind of reach out to the masses. Oh, no, I know. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's dig into some of our, our, our basic interview questions. Uh, Brian, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm originally from uh, northeastern Ohio, a very small town called Dalton. It's mm. up near the Akron-Canton area, northeastern oh. Ohio, and I grew up there. Did you grow up around a steam center? No, there's no such thing up there. So, but I did grow up, you know, in agricultural area. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in the middle of a, the Amish community, mm. very rural. Many many areas around there. They have no electricity. Only farm animals to to till the crops and things right. like that. So oh. it was it's um, a very uh, basic level of existence mm-hmm. close to the land and yeah. things like that. No, I didn't grow up that way, but right. I was in that right. commu- kind of community. You're a close observer. Yes. Well, so what were some of your early career dreams? Oh see, my, see growing up close to the land, I, I, my early career dreams were to um, kind of work with the environment and, really? and work with people. So oh. I wanted to help help the environment and kind of help people. I felt like I wanted to be a wildlife manager. Okay. All right. So again, growing up in that area, close to woods, I mean, I would go play in the woods um, and, the, and the farming practices of the Amish people mm. that were there mm-hmm. were very uh, conservation oriented. Yeah. And so I felt like, oh, man, I want to be a wildlife manager and I could, I could help the environment. I could help People, I'd like to help uh, kids understand the importance of our environment and how that impacts their lives, things like that. So that was my early career goal. Didn't pan out very well. Right. <laughs> um, I ended up going to a two-year technical school called Hawking Technical College and mm-hmm. did get my associate degree in wildlife management, applied science. Oh wow! But there's just there weren't any jobs. I guess. And those jobs that were there were didn't pay hardly any, anything mm. at all and they were very competitive you, you mm. just it was very difficult to get those wow. jobs so that didn't work out okay <laughs> so fast forward to becoming an educator and uh i'm curious to know if you have any uh stories that come to mind that uh were maybe one story about one of the most important moments in your career as an educator or an education leader well Sure. I probably have plenty of stories, but let me share one okay. with you that I um so when I when I finished my associate degree in applied science and I did not get the job of my dream of mm-hmm. being wildlife manager, I went on to Kent State University in northeastern Ohio and you hear the activity in the Ladies background of all the things the that are going on. Bandsaw, I think, <laughs> fixing the roof. <laughs> uh, 
um, reaching our mission. So we're working on our mission. That's right. Uh, Our mission in uh, in construction. Our mission is in construction. That's right. Um, So I, I, I continue to love science. So I went on Kent State, got my bachelor's degrees in, in science, bachelor's degree in biology. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what I wanted to do yet, so I, um, they gave me an assistantship to teach in the master's program, a teaching master's assistantship. So I took that and I started to teach the basic science classes, the, the biology lab classes, mm-hmm. and man, I got a kick out of the kids getting the aha moment. And oh. saying, ah. So now I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach. So that's when I went back and, and got my also another bachelor's degree in secondary education. So I have multiple degrees. So all that being said, mm-hmm. I was teaching then. I was teaching in, um, I, I kind of have a, a travel bug, this kind of wild hair. and I, mm-hmm. So I went for four years to South America. Wow. I taught in a U.S. State Department supported school in Maracaibo, Venezuela. Wow. And I was the science teacher for this school. So I taught high school physics, chemistry, biology, physical science, and an elective of my choice. And I was also the uh, women's basketball coach. Wow. So I had those preps all every day. Mm-hmm. So on the weekends, and this is kind of a long roundabout to this story. So on the weekends, I would play basketball with the kids. It was an open campus mm-hmm. with only three or 400 students, K through 12. But, but it was right beside a barrio, very, very poor. Mm-hmm. And, and I lived right beside the barrio. And so on the weekend, the gym was open. It was an outdoor gym. All you had to do was walk in, mm-hmm. concrete floor. But there were guards and everything. So... Um, the kids in the barrio would come and they would play basketball on the weekend and I would play basketball with them mm-hmm. on Saturday and Sunday. And so I got along with all the kids very well, all, even though I didn't speak Spanish very well, I taught in English mm-hmm. and they didn't know English very well, but we communicated through our basketball sure. and you know, the words that I knew and the words that they knew. So one of the kids one day said, come and meet, come and meet my parents. In the barrio. Mm-hmm. So one day after basketball, I went to went to the barrio to meet uh, his parents, and he was a probably uh, what we would say a ninth grader or so, about that age, young teenager. And so um, it was a it was quite an experience to go into the barrio and see where he lived. Mm-hmm. A one room, corrugated shack. Probably, um, this room is probably um, 15 by 8 or so, Mm -hmm. and that's about the size of his house. House. Corrugated corrugated metal on all sides, including the roof, dirt floor, Mm. Um, no electricity, no plumbing. It was just an open room. They slept on clothes, whatever they could soft, they could put in the corner, Uh, open sewer right in front. Wow. A little, they had a little fire out front, which they all did. These were, these were places right against each other. So this was a community. And so, um, 
it was that it had a huge impact on me to see where this kid was coming from. He was still proud of where he lived, mm -hmm. and he was proud of his parents. And um, it made me think that, reaffirm, I guess, with me that education is the way. If you were going to raise the level of our existence mm -hmm. as humans and these as individuals education is the key to getting them mm -hmm. jobs and a better life right and so that from there that told me that I'm, i want to be an educator and i want to be an educator for life and i want to make a difference in in kids lives through education so that's then i went back to get my doctorate at University of Oklahoma in science education and and the vision of those that particular child mm -hmm. and where they live and, and where they came from has never left me. Right. Hi listeners, if you like what you're hearing today, just want to let you know we've got more for you. You can listen to more messages just like this one where we speak with leaders about legacy-minded servant leadership right at our website, which is enaycoaching.com. That's E-N-A-Y coaching.com. Uh, you can also download free resources such as coaching guides for parents, classroom guides for teachers, and professional development guides for business or organization leaders. And again, you can visit enaycoaching.com to get it all. If you become a subscriber, We'll donate to education support for local Georgia education programs, including one that's near and dear to our heart, which is education support for youth in foster care. So if you'd like to increase your impact in your circle of influence with our professional development resources, and at the same time, make a huge impact for local youth, go to our website today and become a subscriber. It's enacoaching.com. Thank you. Do you feel like that moment or that period of time in your life connected you back to some of your early thoughts about um, sure because that reinforced it, I mean it, it it reinforced that to me that that somehow education is that's a key mm -hmm. I mean that's that's a real key yeah. to me and so while earlier when I wanted to be um, you know, wildlife manager and work with the environment and mm -hmm. help kids understand the environment. I think that's a piece of that. That's right. a piece of that. Yeah. That's an interesting contrast because you mentioned growing up near an Amish community or among an Amish community. And then um, there's a simplicity of living there, but it's also a very educated community. Mm -hmm. And the way that they live, you know, um, say lack of education would lead to things like open sewers and just not knowing about how the way you live affects health and you know spread of disease you know things like that so there can be simple living and but with the education to you know to manage resources and not uh, have practices that lead to the detriment of the community you know it's it's an interesting right kind of yeah, that's right. pairing hmm well um, this is one of my favorite questions. Is there anything that you remember learning in school that now as an adult 
you think, man, I'm so glad I learned that. I use it every day. But as a kid, you'd never thought it was going to be useful. You know, there's probably lots of things, but I'm going <laughs> to, you know what, you know what I think is, is I think common for lots of kids. And I see it in my kids and I think it's just a part of growing up. And, and for, for me, it, what I learned, especially when I got to college and my experiences, you know, going overseas and things like that was um, humility. Hmm. I, when you are in high school, when you're even in middle school and high school, <clears throat> you know how this is. You think you know everything. <laughs> you don't have to have anybody tell you anything. <laughs> you know it all. Yeah. And 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 it's your way. And um, adults really can't tell you anything, especially your parents. Mm -hmm. But you get to that point where you really set your pride aside and understand that the only way you're going to get somewhere in life is if you work with people. Yeah, is if you collaborate with people as if you recognize that you don't know anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that you need help right. and that other people with more life experiences, more education, uh, you want to partner with them hmm. and you, you, they're going to, you're going to help them and they're going to help you. Hmm. And, and that moving forward in life is a collaborative process. Hmm and not an individual one. Now, I think some of that to a certain extent is fostered in our in our schools and the way we the way we um, choose kids for college. I mean, look at the scandals that's going on right now. Yeah. It's all about me. What did I do and what are my accomplishments? What can I say I did because I I'm so great. Right. You know, I'm a I'm an expert rower mm -hmm. or a soccer player, even right. though they never kicked a ball before mm -hmm. or whatever. It's all about being the top of your class. It's mm -hmm. all about things that you personally can say that you've done almost on an individual basis rather than a collaborative basis. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I so in a certain in certain aspects, I think that is fostered and encouraged when I I, I don't think that that's necessary. To do that, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think, um, uh, well, I think there's different ways to do that, but, um, but uh, again, I, I think our system in education and how we choose kids in college and things like that help foster that. Mm -hmm. But also, to a certain extent, I feel like, well, that was part of growing up and part of being a kid and part of realizing that you don't know it all. So in some ways I have this, this conflict that sometimes is fostered by the way college admissions goes, but also somehow it's kind of innate in us and, right. and as we grow up. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. You, you hit enough bumps, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. I need help. Yeah, I need help. Well, um, yeah, I, I've noticed that uh, when asking that question to leaders that have had a you know, a lot of experience, a lot of impact, it'll be something um, intangible, maybe, like that. They'll talk about collaboration, working with others, um, mm. you know, the creative process. They won't say, oh, factoring polynomials. 
Definitely. That <laughs> yeah. is the thing that I never thought I'd do. You know, it's always something that has to do with interacting with people. And um, we'll get into it more later. But that's one of the things that I love about the Steam Center is it's a venue for collaboration, you know, in the community. So um, I think you've think that view kind of brought you here maybe <laughs> you're probably uh, yeah. right and and i know the work you've done on this campus you know this is one of several things you've done on the campus you didn't share about um, some of your earlier career here in the department of education the interim provost you know so collaborating here on this campus i think is uh i i don't know all the details but i'm sure it has to do with you being placed in this position to kind of lead the charge of connecting with the community mm -hmm. so awesome all right, all right. Well, I want to switch gears for uh, slightly for a moment. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the arts. And uh, as you know, our, our um, shared friend and colleague, Dr. Zachariah, who's probably known in our community um, for a lot of things, but definitely the creative thinking process and for art. Um, in his initial podcast, he shared a lot about art the uh, the art the artist's way of thinking when it comes to the creative process mm -hmm. and um, how that creative process can be applied across many disciplines um so i'm curious about your thoughts on this uh do you feel that the arts were respected as a discipline uh in the education community when you were coming up as a, a primary or secondary school student no i, I at least at the time when I was a primary or secondary education student, I mm -hmm. can't recall it being respected. Mm -hmm. um, you took art because it was easy. Mm -hmm. You got to play with clay or right. <laughs> you know, you know paints or whatever. Not I don't, to my recollection, the creative aspect and how that relates to other things in life were not uh, emphasized. Mm. So no, I, I would not say that the arts were were was something that we, you know, felt like had a bigger role in our lives other than it was an easy grade. And right. It was a place to go <laughs> have some fun. Right. <laughs> well, you know, when STEM was um, was sort of pushed forward as a family of disciplines, science, technology, engineering, and math, for emphasis in school and you know and all that. Um, eventually, the arts, the A, wiggled its way into that acronym, mm -hmm. so it became science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Do you feel like that's an important addition to that family of disciplines? Well, I do because I consider, when I think about the arts and the addition of that to STEM, to mm -hmm. make STEAM, mm -hmm. I think of the arts as a way of thinking. Mm -hmm. The creative way of thinking, an innovative way of thinking, right. and the, and that goes along with the same way of thinking that scientists think. Mm -hmm. Listen, you, a scientist says, um, you know, there's a lot of energy in the sun. How, I know what we want to do. We want to harness the energy somehow and use it. All right, how do we go back? How do we do that? How do we how do we do a backward design now and figure out how to do that through solar mm -hmm. cells and you know, and so. You figure out ways, you know what your end product hopes to be and hopes mm -hmm. to do, but then go backwards and figure out how it, how you do that. And there are lots of bumps along the way, as you said mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. There's successes, there's failures, lots of failures. Many right. more failures than there are yes. successes, but that's how you learn and that's how you it becomes, uh, you know, a failure is just 
one more step in on the way to success. So uh, if you think about it, if you think about it that way, and then you also think about you know what does what does somebody who's going to develop um, say a dance mm-hmm. in the arts, they will say, all right, this is the emotion. This is this is what I want my audience to feel at the end of hmm. this dance. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the design elements I have to go back and figure out to evoke that emotion at the end? Hmm. So you try things, they aren't successful, you change. You do. So it's, it's a series of successes and failures and working towards that end in mind. Mm-hmm. And it's the same that way in painting. It's the same way if somebody's develop, developing some architectural structure. Mm-hmm. You know, when you walk into the steam center, what's the emotion that you feel? What are the things that you see? What are the design elements that you wanted in it? For example, in this center itself, when we when we first started working with Celine Gladwin in architect, we said, I want this building to be an educational facility. Mm-hmm. How now can we put those elements into the building itself? Hmm. So putting cutaways in walls so you can see insulation and pipes and, and support beams and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, open ceilings so you can see that there's wires and things up there. So, all right, we knew what we wanted at the end. What are the things that we figure out? And that's the way scientists work. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's that way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, something that takes a lot of uh, that. That concept has to be repeated a lot for people to break out of the um, arts as the creation of artifacts and as Dr. Gerber called it. Yeah, and that's Dr. not the way Zachariah I think about. It. I don't right. think of arts mm-hmm. as being a play mm-hmm. or a painting or or some thing. Right. It's a way of thinking mm-hmm. rather than an item. Right. Um, do you feel that since, since this is the STEAM center versus the STEM center, this can be a good uh, place to, to teach that concept? Um, it, it seems in the name, the complete name is the, the STEAM center for uh, applied, applied creativity, creativity and innovation. innovation. That's right. okay, so um, how do you see the STEAM center's role in helping connect that thought? Because there's so much emphasis on technical skills now. Um, you know, I wrote some notes here about global commerce, sustainable sustainable energy, artificial intelligence, communications, you know, all these different um, applications of STEAM disciplines. How, how do we teach that community or demonstrate to that community how the artistic, uh, the, the artist way of thinking or that thinking process helps us um, apply the creativity and, and innovation? Yeah, and I think making sure that that connection is made in in all the things that we do, making sure that 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 way of thinking, that creative way of thinking, is connected to the arts, mm-hmm. and just and talking about it. Uh, but if you think about the things that that we have right now in our hands, okay, the look at our iPhones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, one of the things Apple is is concerned about and why that the iPhone sells so well is as well is not simply its functionality but its piece of 
art mm -hmm. in itself. That's right. All right. So it's sleek design. I mean, the, the artistic uh, features of the iPhone, and that's just one example, mm -hmm. is one of the things that make it sell. So the the art of stuff, mm -hmm. of scientific creations, of um, driverless cars, of the things that we print 3D, of um, uh, buildings like this mm -hmm. can be considered a piece of art That's to right. a certain extent. So the art is in all of the things that we do in STEM. And That's so making that connection to me is natural. Mm -hmm. Hi listeners, if you like what you're hearing today, just want to let you know we've got more for you. You can listen to more messages just like this one where we speak with leaders about legacy-minded servant leadership right at our website, which is enacoaching.com. That's E-N-A-Y coaching.com. Uh, you can also download free resources such as coaching guides for parents, classroom guides for teachers, and professional development guides for business or organization leaders. And again, you can visit enacoaching.com to get it all. If you become a subscriber, We'll donate to education support for local Georgia education programs, including one that's near and dear to our heart, which is education support for youth in foster care. So if you'd like to increase your impact in your circle of influence with our professional development resources, and at the same time, make a huge impact for local youth, go to our website today and become a subscriber. It's enacoaching.com. Thank you. Thank you.